right. Uh, hello to everybody out there. Welcome to Amateur Radio Roundtable. I'm Tom, W5KUB, and this show is about ham radio, amateur radio, shortwave. And if you're out there listening on shortwave tonight on WBCQ, we really would love to hear from you. Please send us an email, tom at W5KUB.com. Tom at W5KUB.com. And let us know where in the world you are. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, just let you know that if you'd ever like to watch the show uh, live, you can uh, watch it live on our YouTube channel. Just uh, You can go to YouTube and look for W5KUB, or you can also go to W5KUB.com. And uh, that's our website. You can uh, watch the show and enter into the chat room there. And a little secret, you can also go to ham dash tv.com and join us there so i want to uh, uh again welcome everybody and ask everybody to do something for me uh hey i put this little arrow arrow on there to help uh, to help you guide you please hit the subscribe button if you have not subscribed with us please do that that will help us out to uh, uh help youtube to help advertise our show and uh help us to you know bring more people in a lot of people come into the show they find it by accident just because youtube advertises that little thumbnail out there on you know similar things that they're looking for so uh please do that join our facebook group we got a great facebook group uh we've got over thirteen thousand hams in it and uh it, it's it follows the show you can Type in Amateur Radio Roundtable and uh, uh, join it, or that's a lot of typing. Just type in W5KUB, and that will also help you uh, get to our our site there. So, man, we've got a uh, action-packed show tonight. Tonight's going to be all about field day. We've got field day from the northeast and the south and the west and all over the places, and uh, we're going to be talking about that tonight. We've got some videos, a, little, a few drone videos uh some pictures and people to talk about them so we're going to be doing that in a little while and uh let's see what else is going on here um wow i don't know it was hot this field day here hey uh katie come on in here katie how you doing katie we're so glad you're back with us tonight hi tom hi everybody good to be back tonight even hopefully everybody here is looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed even though it's the tuesday after field day but it was a fun weekend, and looking forward to hearing everybody's updates. Did you go to uh, field day? I did. We had um, Devil's Tower Amateur Radio Club had our field day at Sunny Divide, which is our usual location. And uh, we thought we were going to scale back because we weren't sure we were going to have as many people. So we were originally thinking we might end up doing a one alpha, but um, some club members came out of the woods and um, joined in. So we did go to Alpha, Wyoming. And uh, made about 600 contacts. And um, we also started the weekend with our annual club meeting, um, getting everybody to, you know, rejoin and pay their dues, which is always a good thing. And then we had a new club member join up on Saturday, somebody um, who was local who hadn't been to anything yet. And he spent all day and evening with us on Saturday and joined the club. So that was really kind of exciting just to get someone new and Young, younger than a lot of the other guys to <laughs> join in. <laughs> and uh, and which was really nice was six meters was on our side this year. It seems like the past few years, everybody but us had great luck with six meters. And this year it worked better. I only worked some voice on, C, on sideband on 20 meters. 
Um, and I just kind of went around and found all of the, the ones that were easy to hit and worked a few others. But it was kind of fun. To, I, it's been a while since I've been able to do that. So um, it was a good time. Lots of good food, of course, and camaraderie. And um, it's I'm really enjoying our little club. It's getting everybody kind of reactivated and energized and um, doing more, some more things. And some of the things we we're talking about, too, is like, what else can we be doing as we grow so realizing that we've got, you know, other communities around us that don't have some active ham clubs. So we're going to do some outreach and see if there's some of these folks that are hams, you know, 30 miles away might be interested in coming on over to to join our club and some of our activities. So, you know, we had some really good talks about how we can, you know, get more people involved and realize a lot of it is that, and even some of the people that were at Field Day last year who we haven't heard from in a while, like, you know, we just need to pick up the phone and call some of these people because not everybody's on email all the time or sees our group messages. So we already kind of identified a couple people, went home that night and made a couple phone calls. And so we're just going to try to, you know, something I've been preaching for years is that, you know, we've got to, you know, keep people engaged and keep talking to them and invite them back and, and give people a reason to come, not just a boring meeting. You got to have food and you got to have some activities. So working on things like you know some kit building activities antenna buildings um learning how to play around with software so yeah it was a, i think for that reason alone and you know just some of the the community building we were doing it was a really good field day definitely not like super competitive and we haven't been doing that for a couple of years and i think that's okay because it really works good with the group we have here right now so yeah, it was fun. Oh, well, it sounds like you uh, had plenty of things going on there. Hey, uh, yeah. was it cool enough for you out there? I mean, it actually was. It was. We actually had to build a fire in our building on Saturday. There's a big wood furnace, and we were all kind of in our jackets and freezing. And finally, started going out to the front of the building, grabbing wood, and we got the fire going in the big furnace because it was just chilly. Um, I know in a couple of field days past on Sunday mornings, it was really cold where, you know, it's bundled up in a sleeping bag and winter hats and things, but it wasn't quite that bad, but definitely not a scorcher like we've had in years past. We we had a big fire going here too. It was called the sun. I think it was oh. over, <laughs> over a hundred degrees here, man. It was, uh, <laughs> it was tough. And, uh, oh man, I, I can't say you will probably hear it from everybody as they present how their weather was, but ours was really, really tough. Well, hey, I'm, I'm glad you're having fun there, and I'm glad you're back with us tonight. And uh, it seems like you know a lot of the people that are in the show tonight. I'm glad you guys uh, hooked up again. Uh, that's kind of cool. And uh, let's uh, let's jump over to uh, let's jump over to Glenn now. Glenn didn't go to. Uh, he didn't get to go to the uh, field day. He went to a cat show. So, Glenn, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. See, this is my punishment. I go to a cat show, and I don't get but 30 seconds the whole show. Anyway, yeah, I was nice and indoors and air conditioning all weekend over in Huntsville. Uh, had the kids at their last cat show, so they are now officially retired. Uh, but we were indoors in nice, comfortable air conditioning while it was 100 degrees outside. So while y'all sweltered making those contacts, we we were indoors collecting up ribbons and prizes for the kids. Well, did you bring back any ribbons? Yeah. Uh, they got uh, two top tens, which for this particular weekend and the three-year layoff was quite good. Um, they did. They showed much better on Sunday once they remembered what they were there for. And... Uh, 
they did the all night bouncing from bed to bed thing uh, in the hotel room. So oh, no, they had a lot of fun on the trip, and it was it's their last show. So yeah, it was it was worth worth going. But I'm looking forward to getting the field day next year now. Well, good, good. I'm glad you uh, glad they did really good, and you came back with some uh, ribbons and some some awards there, and and we'll be back down to Huntsville here pretty soon. Yeah, that's my next trip, that's the right. Huntsville Ham Fest. So I saw in a chat room someone said they liked Katie's new background. I wasn't even looking at the Katie's background. I was looking at Katie. Katie, come back in here, man. I want to see your background. What what kind of background, Katie? <laughs> This is our wall of cast iron that Dwayne built. So, oh. I'm, so there you go. There it goes all the way up to the ceiling. So, so. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Cool. I'm, I'm working at the dining room table on this grant application. So I'm like, well, rather than pull everything, go down to the shack and reset up, I would just do the show from here. So you get to see my cast iron wall. All right. All right. Well, I, I, cool. I saw it. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's jump over. Uh, hey, Chris. Uh, not Chris. Not Chris. Rich. Uh, Chris gets 15 seconds. Yeah. Rich, Rich, come on in here and tell us, uh, man, what what, what you did this week? Did you get it to any field day locations or anything, Rich? Um, I'm afraid I didn't. Um, I had uh, to, uh, we were out of town at a family event the previous weekend, so I didn't get to do Father's Day with uh, my daughter and son-in-law. So we did that uh, this weekend instead. And of course, had to jam everything else into the other day. So, uh, field day kind of dropped off of the, uh, the agenda there. But we had a great time with them. So that that's counted. Weather weather here in New Jersey was fantastic um, the whole weekend. Uh, we were sitting out on on my daughter and son in law's deck most of the time that we were there. It was really very pleasant. So uh, maybe next year I will uh, get back to. Field day again, one of our local clubs, and uh, well, that's have that's more uh, fun. That's great. I'm glad your weather. Hey, you know, even even today, our weather here has been kind of cool. But boy, it was hot this weekend. Oh man, field day. You know, uh, hey, this has been my about my 58th or 59th field day. I haven't made them all, but uh, when I first got my license, I did go to some back then, and. I can remember back then uh, the fun that we had back then as a as a teenager uh, going to field day and seeing what it was all about. And uh, I'm glad the uh, it's I'm just glad it's still going here. Uh, let's see. Hey, Rich, let's uh, jump quickly into uh, CQ magazine. Uh, we got a lot to cover tonight, and but we do want to hear what CQ has for us coming up. So why don't you go right ahead and take it? All righty. Well, we've got our July issue uh, <clears throat> just about to hit uh, digitally and in print. And I've got a cover here, if you can see it. Let's see if I can line it up with the camera properly. It's from Dayton. It's, a, it's Our cover story is the return of Dayton in person. Pictures by... Uh, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, and uh, it looks a lot better than it does from the phone. <laughs> it'll, it'll look a lot better in person, I guarantee it. So uh, that's that's our, our cover story. We've got uh, Joe did a, a photo essay called Hambenchen 2022, The Reunion, and uh, 
got lots of, of good pictures of different events and activities there. We also got a Dayton debrief from uh, Eric Nichols, KL7AJ, and a bonus edition of his Analog Adventures column. Um, we have the results of the 2022 CQ WPX Gritty Contest um, and uh, all sorts of comments about how great the propagation is uh, with the uh, Cycle 25 working its way up. I have an interesting story from our uh, newest contributing editor, Martin Butera, PY2ZDX and LU9EFO, on uh, an earthquake in Ecuador, which uh, happened six years ago, and it's the Guayaquil Radio Club's response to it. But the, the fascinating thing with this story in particular is that as we were starting to work on the issue, there was yet another earthquake. Uh, magnitude 7.2 in southern Peru, not quite at the equator, but uh, same part of the world. So uh, it made this story, even though it was six years old, very, very relevant. Um, we've got our 2022 inductees into the CQ Amateur Radio and Contesting Halls of Fame. We've got uh, six inductees to the Amateur Radio Hall of Fame and two to contest. Uh, Let's see. So there, since it's a short list, I'll just run down them. Um, Franklin Antonio, N6NKF, was a silent key. He was uh, the founder of Qualcomm. Wolf Harant, OE1WHC, also a silent key, journalist and broadcaster on Radio Australia, international and founder of Austria, I'm sorry, Austria International, and founder of DocuFunk, Austria's radio documentary archive, which is the world's largest archive on the history of radio. Um, Les Kramer, WA3SGZ, the inventor of a lower limb prosthetic devices used by several thousand people worldwide, including uh, two survivors of the Boston Marathon bombing. Peter Marks, AB3 X-Ray Charlie, who's a physician and FDA scientist. He's the, the doctor behind Operation Warp Speed. Um, he led the team at, he still does, leads the team at, at FDA that reviewed and approved all of the available COVID-19 vaccines, um, as well as uh, intravenous therapeutics such as uh, convalescent plasma and monoclonal antibodies. Um, also, Scott Wright, K0MD, who is uh, at the Mayo Clinic, he's a, also a physician, and he was leading the team that developed the convalescent plasma treatment for COVID-19. And finally, Bob Ringwald, K6YBV, another silent key, who is a uh, very well-known blind jazz musician in Sacramento and co-founder of the Sacramento Jazz Festival. And uh, last but not least, his daughter is actress and singer Molly Ringwald. And in the Contest Hall of Fame, we've got uh, two inductees, David Pascoe, AM3T, who uh, is the person behind the infrastructure for the uh, Worldwide Radio Operators Foundation, which uh, takes care of all the log checking and record keeping for uh, CQ contests, several AWRL, AWRL contests, and uh, others. And then uh, Mike Thompson, K9CT, who is... Uh, the founder of the 
North American Collegiate Championship program in which college amateur radio clubs compete uh, against each other in the context of larger competition of the North American QSO party. So he's helping bring young people into contesting. So it's a good, good crew of inductees this year. We've also got a green power for QRPP article. This is a fun one, but, but it's, it's real. It's legit. Uh, H6CY is, uh, writing about powering very low power radios with vegetables. And it actually works. I, I was at a, a maker fair where I was uh, sharing a table with a couple of people who had uh, vegetables and fruits producing power. It does work. And uh, he was able to uh, power up a QRP transceiver or QRPP transceiver uh, with uh, potato power. So that's a really cool article. It shows you how you can do it too. Among our uh, columns in uh, emergency communications, our new MCOM editor, K3PFW, says, it's a disaster. What am I going to do? And then, of course, he tells you. Uh, <laughs> in kit building, K0NEB is uh, scratching the surface mount with a four-state QRP group surface mount dummy load kit. It's a good way to learn about uh, building with surface mount components because these are a little larger than uh, one of some of the more typical ones. So it's a good way to learn. We've got two articles on antenna traps. Uh, Learning Curve Editor KO0Z explains how they work and, and how trap antenna works, uh, trap antennas work. And then uh, Gordo WB6NOA talks about the importance of uh, cleaning out antenna traps at the beginning of the season because they get all sorts of uh, gunk build up inside them and the secret to doing it. He's also got uh, some interesting stuff on uh, a no-holes roof mount for uh, vertical antenna. A really very interesting article. Jeff Reinhardt, AA6JR, and his Magic in the Sky column as the dead band challenge, which you're going to have to read um, with the increasing sunspot cycle, of course. Um, fewer bands are dead less often, so that's really good. N4DTF and VHF Plus talks about making super high frequencies available to the masses. Um, this is about a new proof of concept program by ICOM, uh, their SHF project or super high frequency um, with uh, the goal of uh, creating, bringing 2.4 and 5.7 gigahertz radio, as opposed to Wi-Fi, into the mainstream of ham radio. So uh, we'll see how that goes. He's, of course, he's got various great openings on the VHF and UHF bands. In our awards column, we talk about some changes that are coming to our own awards programs and our certificates in general. Um, this is going to be uh, starting in September. We're going to be transitioning from the traditional paper certificates to high-quality digital certificates. Um, some of you may know that we had gotten terribly backlogged on the paper certificates due to a combination of time limitations on the person who fills them out and then uh, paper shortages. We couldn't get this actual certificates, the blanks. We couldn't get the uh, 
cardboard mailers for them. So it was uh, one thing after another. So we're going to be trying to eliminate that problem by slowly going over to uh, digital certificates, but keeping the uh, paper ones as an option that you could order separate. Um, and our DX column, N200, takes a focus on, again, the increasing HF band conditions and offers a DX chasing guide for novice and technician class licensees, reminding us that uh, everybody has voice privileges on 10 meters and 10 meters is hot every if you have a ham license you have voice privileges on 10 meters and uh techs and novices also have cw privileges on uh, 80 40 and 15 and uh it can be worth your while to learn a little bit of cw and uh work some dx on uh, those bands especially 15 is, is opening up all over the world very frequently and 40 and 80 remain really good for dx at night in our contesting column, N3QE takes a look at how many active contesters there really are out there. Um, fascinating number crunching. Kim is really good at that and comes up with some really, really amazing information uh, in his crunching. So, And uh, finally, in our propagation column, uh, we've got a look at what to expect for the month of July. And uh, I'll tell you a little secret the high bands are going to be hot and the lower bands are going to cool down a little bit but uh we already knew that i hope so that is the basic highlights of our july issue uh, we've got uh our even though it is officially summer we have our spring fever uh promotion going on so if you go to our website at www.cq- amateur-radio.com you can take advantage of that uh, one year print subscription is only $39 instead of the usual $42.95 and you can add on additional savings with uh, longer term subscriptions so you can check that out just uh, go to our website and uh, click on the subscribe here button and it'll give you all that uh, information on the different combinations of the uh, print, digital, one-year, two-year, three-year, five-year, however you want to work it, and uh, show you how much you can save on that. But that's about it. Hey, Rich? Yes, Glenn? Um, I got something in one of my news feeds, which hopefully you'll confirm, and if so, we need to find a way to get you nominated for the CQ Hall of Fame. Uh, in this feed, it said that you were one of the hams that gave the novice test to one of my heroes and a lot of our cultural heroes, and that you also produced a television news show for children. And I was one of your audience, not to make you sound old, but that was one of my f favorite segments on Saturday mornings in between the cartoons. And... Uh, just want to say, you know, you deserve some recognition for that. That's that's wonderful. And I'll let you finish the story. Well, thank you. And uh, yes, it is. It is all accurate. Um, the program was called In the News. And uh, it was a, basically we, we took a half hour newscast and broke it up into 10 three minute segments. Um, and uh, 
produced it with an eye toward explaining stories that were in the news that week that a kid or a lot of adults too could uh, appreciate and understand and our executive producer on that show is uh, joel heller wa2ffi um not a coincidence that i ended up working for him um and uh one day he called me into his office and uh <clears throat> sitting in there were steve mendelson uh at the time wa2dhf later n2ml um some of you may remember steve as uh arrl first vice president and uh, hudson division director and also walter cronkite um and uh joel said to me walter wants to take his novice exam and uh steve is going to give him the written exam but we need somebody to do the code test think you can handle it here's a code oscillator <laughs> so of course i wasn't gonna, you don't say no <laughs> to walter cronkite <laughs> so he and i went into my office i gave him the code test which thankfully he passed because <laughs> I would not want to go down in history as the person who flunked Walter Cronkite on his code test. Um, but uh, he did great and then uh, went on and uh, passed his written test as well. And th this was, uh, you know, before the, the days that uh, novices had to do go to a VE team, so it was uh, individual uh, testers. And... Uh, so he, yeah, he held his uh, novice license uh, basically until he passed away. He was a, an avid sailor and wanted to have uh, a ham rig on his boat as a backup communications. And that was the uh, primary reason that he uh, wanted to get his license. But uh, he, he did get on every once in a while. I'm totally blanking on his call sign right now. It was a KN2 something. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was very cool. Uh, that, that's just awesome because when I read that, I'm like, "Hey, I know this guy." <laughs> it's funny how lives commingle throughout the years, but that's that was a cool story when I read that. It was a cool experience too. <laughs> Tom, it's all yours. Uh, you might want to unmute. I'm on mute. Okay, there we are. I'm about, hey, uh, great story, Rich. Uh, and I, I did not know that about Cronkite here. Wow. Man, I'm impressed. Hey, guys, don't forget. Hey, get your CQ calendar. Look at this. This, this is This is a special calendar, guys. I mean, I want, I want to show you something. Look at that. Look at that. Look at, that. Look at September. Um, You're Mr. September. <laughs> Look at the back cover too, aren't you on the back cover? Oh yeah, back You're cover. On the yeah, back hey, cover? Look at there. Back and you cover. even got him to keep his shirt on. Back cover right there, man. <laughs> yeah, back back here. All right. Well, hey, we need to move on. We uh we got a lot to do tonight. Hey, thank you, Rich, so much. You're welcome to stay with us as long as you want to, man. Thank you. I'll hang out for a few minutes, but then I'm gonna All right. To, uh, All right. Let's uh, do my let's, usual disappearing act. Let's bring in uh Joe Lowenthal, uh, WA four OVO from uh the Memphis area here, and uh, he's going to get us started and talk about the uh, the group here in the Memphis area and field day. Hey, uh, Joe, you there? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. There you are. All right. Uh, we are uh, the cl uh, clubs in the Memphis area. A lot of the people belong to the different clubs, so uh, 
Mid, uh, the Delta Amateur Radio Club, the Mid-South Amateur Radio Club, uh, the Neshoba Amateur Radio Club and Aries go together to uh, have a single field day to keep people from having to drive from one site to another to another. Uh, and it's worked out quite well for the last about 10 years. So um, we've enjoyed it. And uh, uh, this year it was extremely hot and not a lot of people came out. Uh, I think we only had about 47, 50 people uh, totally come out. We did have, uh, I think, five five or seven visitors uh, in that number. Um, two of them uh, are girlfriends of uh, hams, and it looks like they will uh, uh, be taking a class. Uh, I'm starting a class on July the 7th uh, for six Thursday nights that uh, they're going to join. So that, that was nice to get a couple of more people for the class. Uh, we've been real fortunate to have classes going on uh, in the Memphis area for the last, uh, I've been teaching for the last 15 and a half years. Well, all right. Well, hey, I came out here for a while and stayed for a little while, but man, it was so hot. I just, I, I couldn't handle it, man. And, uh, uh, but uh, you guys, you know, you guys stuck with it, I guess. And how, how did you do out there? Did you make a lot of contacts? We didn't make a whole lot of contacts. Uh, Six meters, uh, the six meter station only made four contacts. They said it it was not good at all uh, Saturday. And then Sunday, with rain, with lightning coming up, uh, we shut down early. Uh, we shut down about 1030 on Sunday. Um, but um, uh, did make a satellite contact. We had uh, four stations. Um, a 20-meter uh, station, 15-meter station, CW, uh, a digital station that was doing FT8 and FT4, and a GOTA station. Well, I came home. I was going to work you guys on six meters, but we never made contact. So, anyway, I was wanting to, I was wanting to at least get you another point. <laughs> but, hey, so we've got some pictures here that uh, Tom... I, say, I, I have trouble with Tom's last name. Deshara? Tom Deshara, uh, Deshara? AC5MR. Tom Deshara, uh, AC5MR. Uh, and uh, he uh, he has some drone pictures here, and he also has some uh, uh, still pictures. Let me see if I can cue those up, and maybe you can just kind of tell us what we're looking at here. Uh, i tell you what, first, let's just look at the drone picture. It's just a neat little... Uh, a uh, quick drone picture that uh, kind of shows us the park that you were in and how spread out you were. So let me see if I can find that. Uh, it was at the Germantown Municipal uh, Park in Germantown, Tennessee. Uh, we were fortunate to be able to uh, get it uh, in conjunction with the Germantown Fire Department. Uh, they've been very cooperative with us uh, on field day. All right, so let me see if I can find it here. Man, I've got so many pictures in here tonight. Let's see. I'll find it. Give me a second here. Mm.
maybe I won't find it. I've got like several hundred pictures queued up here. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, we've enjoyed uh, having field day in the past. Uh, Couple, three years ago, we had it over at the Horseshoe Show Arena, the Germantown Horse Show Arena in uh, that area, which was uh, uh, nice because we had an air-conditioned building to go to uh, adjacent to it. Uh, this time, uh, we didn't have air-conditioned uh, building other than the, the library was open until 6 o'clock Saturday that was nearby we could go there if we needed to get cooled off or the uh, germantown athletic club was open uh, 24 hours a day if we needed to get somebody into some cool air to fortunately we did not have any heat uh, situation to where people got sick or had to be taken to the hospital well that's, that's great one thing with with 101 degrees uh, we felt very fortunate we didn't have a problem with uh, with the uh, heat situation for any of our AMs or visitors. Yeah, I'm loading up uh, the Memphis pictures right now. Uh, I had them loaded. I don't know where, where they went, but uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, all right. I think I got them here. This is all the. Right, all right, now I've got the video here, so we'll uh, we'll yep. run the video first. Uh, got the, uh, the uh, that tent that's showing is the digital station. Uh, Bogota, we had uh, right underneath the sign is the CW uh, station. Pat Lane, W4OTG, uh, was primary operator on it. That's my backside at the GOTA station. Maggie, the dog, was there with one of the visitors. Um, off to uh, the northeast was the 15-meter uh, station. Uh, that, uh, How did it get? Yeah, I went out there for a while and it was really noisy. Did it get better? I'm not sure. He he worked quite a bit at uh, 15 meters at, at night, uh, both voice and uh, digital. Uh, John was out in the sun and he had to leave about 8:30. He was getting uh, to where it would have been a heat problem if he had stayed. Well, you've got some tree cover, so you had some shade. Uh, hopefully, that helped a lot. Uh, for for Steve, it did help, but John was out in the middle of the sun. Mm. Um, the sky was, I mean, it was clear. There wasn't a cloud in the sky Saturday, as you can see. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the field, uh, uh, we did have a 20-meter station that was uh, somewhat shaded. Uh, that was between the 15, uh, the Pagoda and the digital station. Well, you, uh, you might see the long wire mm -hmm. light uh, going across that platform from the lower left to upper right. That was a TN07 uh, uh, 67 foot wire that we used for the uh, 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 for the go to station. All right. Well. Since I didn't have it queued up properly, uh, I don't know if we're repeating here or not. I it think is we'll repeating repeat. again. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's look at the pictures here, and maybe um, a couple of them are kind of duplicates. I'll, if I, yeah. I see a duplicate, I'll switch to it. digital station. Let's, let's look right here. Well, let's just talk, look at the pictures here. Maybe you can describe what we're looking at here. Uh, this is the 20-meter uh, station that... Uh, 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's Steve. This is that's 15 meter station that Steve KK4 yeah. VPT was operating. Um, he uh, was a leader on it. And then uh, this is the pavilion. Uh, had food. Uh, Mary Jean uh, KY4FB uh, had that off to the left. Standing is Pat W4OKG, uh, where the where the uh, CW station was uh, off to the right, uh, past underneath that flag on the right is where the uh, GOTA station uh, was. Okay, did uh, did the tri-state? Is there a tri-state group? Tri-state group did not participate uh, this year. Okay, all right. I tell you, you had a lot of food and drinks out there. Uh, that was nice. Yes, uh, and that's looking at uh, the CW uh, station. We, the information station was in the center of the pavilion. Uh-huh. Uh, we had everybody sign, get signed in uh, when they came out, or tried to get everybody signed in. Yeah. Fortunately, we had some fans that uh, made it bearable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, There's I saw Maggie, you had all, uh, your, uh, all your material out, your uh, ARL material out. I even saw a fire extinguisher. I even saw a fire extinguisher and a uh, 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 first aid kit. So you guys covered all the bases, didn't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. There's John again with the digital station. He, he was operating totally solar. Uh, oh, all the power and everything was, was solar. Mm-hmm. Even his fan. This is the uh, six meter and two meter setup that MARA was staffing. Uh, Billy Freeman uh, to the left, uh, KL7B, I believe his call. Rick Tillman, WA4NVM, is uh, the primary. Uh, satellite guy he's got about 16,000 contacts uh, or 16 yeah 16,000 contacts over a thousand grids this is a 20 meter station uh, Fred Miller uh, is operating that there's uh, Steve again at the 15 meter station Well, I'm even in this shot right here with the yeah. blue shirt. Look at there. Yeah. So we're under the shade trying to keep cool. And uh, uh, I was hoping to uh, record some satellite contacts, but I think the the only best satellite pass was like 9 o'clock at night. So there wasn't much going on with satellite. Rick got one satellite contact. I'm not sure what bird it was. It was on a sideband uh, bird. Uh, I'm okay. sure. All right. Well, there you go. When all this fails. All right. So now you, you told us a little about what happened in Memphis here. Now, you're also a member of the uh, Port City Amateur Radio Club up in Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, I happened to go up to, into Maine and New Hampshire or go to Maine. But uh, New Hampshire is just 20 miles from where I uh, the motel where I stay. And uh, I got to. Uh, meet uh, several people and i've been 
uh, active when I'm there. I try to do public service events. Uh, uh, they have one that I, I really enjoy, the uh, Kriegel uh, 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 Brain Center Recovery. I think that's what it is. Uh, Chris Klegel can uh, uh, correct me on that, but uh, they have a 5K Memorial Day weekend. Cremble, the club the does uh, pronunciation. parking. What is yeah. it? Kremple. K-R-E-M-P-L-E, Kremple. Right. Uh, they do post-brain uh, injury uh, recovery. Uh, after the physical therapists are finished, uh, people still need help, and, and this center has been remarkable on helping people in that area. But uh, one of the local breweries, uh, uh, beer houses, uh, uh, hosts the uh, 5K run, and the club uh, uses the handheld radios to get all the cars into the parking areas and to the uh, adjacent parking area. And I'll turn it over to Chris, uh, KA1GJU, who is president of the Port City Amateur Radio Club, and then with him is Mark, uh, K1RX, who's the vice president and a past president. So go ahead and take it, uh, All right, Chris. Gosh, go ahead. All right. Well, uh, I do have a PowerPoint presentation uh, to talk about field day. Do you want to see yeah, that? Yeah, sure, let's or? do it. Let's do it. Let me do it. All right, uh, so you need to get me to share. I can do that. I can do that. And we'll uh, zip through there these slides. <clears throat> And let's see, Port City Amateur Club. Let me know when you're ready. It's up. It's up. Okay, good. And okay. And here we go. So, yeah. Uh, Port City Amateur Radio Club. This is Field Day 2022. We were a special call, a one by one call that Mark K1RX always gets uh, just about every year. K1R, Kilo One Radio. And uh, this year we were uh, three Alpha, New Hampshire. And uh, we have drones, too. Uh, this is just a quick little overview of our, our site. And that's a, a fire lookout tower. We'll get into more of that. And uh, operating position under here in a little uh, little pop-up screen tent. And then uh, the other operating positions were in this little uh, utility trailer. But we'll get into that later. Uh, well, just a little bit about the club. Uh, established right there in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, 1963. But... Uh, they used to be in the bottom of the uh, comfort station in downtown Portsmouth. And eventually they got uh, tossed out of there, and we were living in uh, church basements and uh, convalescent homes. And then about 10 years ago, we were authorized to put in a club station at the Piscataqua Fishing Game Club, where uh, they allowed us to put up a 100 feet of Rhone Tower. We got a club station that's uh, 12 by 17 feet. With uh, three operating positions uh, capable of DC to daylight and also a, a workbench uh, slash uh, lab position. And with our uh, lease, we also get uh, full use of the uh, kitchen and the meeting room upstairs where we do our VE test sessions and our monthly meetings. Mm -hmm. Give you an idea, there's New Hampshire, uh, the Portsmouth area, and uh, just south of that, it'd be the uh, town of Greenland, New Hampshire. And as you can see, uh, what little coastline we have, about uh, 13 miles of coast, is the uh, Atlantic Ocean. And the neat thing is about uh, where we are located, uh, about 95% of all the uh, field day participants are uh, in one quadrant. 
basically uh, southwest of us. So it makes uh, for uh, the next uh, issue of uh, antennas and uh, what we do with our uh, special antennas to uh, take care of the uh, direction that we want to work them all. So uh, there'll be uh, very few dipoles at our site. And uh, mostly uh, RF will head out over the Atlantic if a dipole is strung up. So uh, luckily we got Mark and a few other hardcore uh, contesters here. And uh, going through their scrap pile, they managed to put together a whole bunch of aluminum uh, monoband beams for us, which uh, he stores at his house. And then uh, once a year, he drags them out and tweaks them up a little bit, get the uh, corrosion off, and uh, we put them to work. And the other good thing about uh, having monoband beams is uh, trying to keep the RF out of the adjacent uh, field day stations because we're not uh, running just one alpha, but uh, uh, we've done three alpha and five alpha, and we've uh, taken first, second, and third places uh, throughout the uh, years. And here's a uh, short list of the antennas. Uh, this year, uh, we put up a flat top uh, dipole for 75 CW, uh, the usual inverted V for a phone, and then a... Uh, usual three element wire inverted v-beam that's uh, supported between uh, some two rather large oak trees that's uh, beaming southwest uh, 20 meter is a three element uh, monobander a 15 meter antenna is four elements uh, 10 meters is four elements six meters four elements and then for the uh, folks that want to get on the goda we had a uh, cobra ultralight that's made by another club member uh, k1jek and that's uh, anywhere from 160 to 10 meters I think they were playing on uh, 17 meters just to uh, get away from all the uh, noise. This is the greeting station when you uh, climb up the hill. First thing you see, uh, one of our uh, contesters there, Jerry, is uh, manning a massive large screen uh, video monitor there. He's actually uh, experimenting with his remote, but also uh, operating uh, directly right there. A little bit about the tower here. Uh, looks uh, rather busy. Uh, Mark, in his infinite wisdom, K1RX, uh, came up with this idea of tramming uh, the antennas up the tower and then uh, having them uh, tagged with some line. And uh, they're just hanging there off that uh, off the uh, cable, uh, off the cable tram, and uh, pointing uh, for the most part southwest. Uh, we've got a couple this year. They were pointing west southwest this time. But uh, I'll have to hear from him as to how the results were on that antenna. And then uh, cantilevered off to the side was a, a 10 and a 6 meter uh, monobanners. And now you can uh, see the uh, 15 meter that's uh, facing west. And then the big 20 meter monster uh, near the top of the tower. Uh, you see my mouse movements? I do. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the 40-meter three-element wire beam is just about invisible to the human eye in photos, so I kind of took my magic uh, marker here and made some lines. But the yellow is the uh, uh, support ropes. And then there's the uh, three elements, the, obviously the driven element right there in the middle. And uh, we use uh, a couple spools of that mason's twine that you buy at your local big box store. And those lines go all the way down and tied off to the corner here to here and over. You can see actually one of them right there. And the others, they uh, have little water bottles tied to them, and somebody with a real strong arm throws them out in the woods. And it's uh, the best we can do. Uh, that ends aiming a little more west or southwest, but obviously, these all operate with bandpass filters. Uh, obviously, if you're one alpha, you're not required, but uh, since we're operating more than one transmitter, 
these little gems also uh, help. And then it gets down to uh, the operating radio. Uh, we get uh, little problems with the uh, entry-level radios, which we uh, experimented with a couple of years ago here. But uh, our contest uh, gurus in the club uh, have uh, lots of experience in various radios, and uh, they've uh, always uh, mentioned to us and uh, urged us to uh, try different radios and figure out what works. Another thing to, good that's uh, very handy to have, actually, is the, um, the modern radios now are all USB interfaced. And uh, for logging purposes, you can uh, have accurate uh, logging with the exact frequency that you're uh, running. And also your computer can uh, do all your uh, voice and CW memories. And uh, operator just sits there and hits a couple of F keys for uh, sending CQ or uh, replying back. Uh, and, and also with the uh, higher-end radios, uh, you get uh, better receive filters, uh, roofing filters, and also a little bit cleaner on the transmit side. And if you uh, study, uh, was it Rob uh, Sherwood's uh, notes on field day and other uh, multi-transmitter operations, he gets really big into uh, transmitter noise, which is uh, seems to be a problem. Our receivers are really, really nice, but uh, unfortunately a lot of the radios out there have lousy transmitters. So uh, we're still in a work in progress, and uh, this year we used uh, two TS590s, uh, S models, and uh, an ICOM 7600, which belongs to the club, and then a uh, ICOM 756 Pro 2, I believe it was. Mark can correct me on that, but I uh, never got uh, to sit in front of that one this year. And uh, for those of you who are going to ask about the 7300, we tried that years ago, and uh, that did not work. Um, it uh, just uh, locked up, or not locked up, but it, it just uh, was overloaded with the uh, other uh, transmitters, even though we had uh, filters and monoband antennas. So not a good radio in an uh, environment such as uh, our uh, busy uh, little uh, uh, antenna setup, because our antennas are technically, uh, some of them, well, in the years past, were only a couple of feet apart, and uh, that gets to be a little problematic. And the other thing is getting a decent field day site. Uh, this is a, a drone view of uh, Stratum Hill, Stratum, New Hampshire. It's about 288 feet. There's a, a little uh, survey marker right underneath this camper. And then we got this nice little uh, fire lookout tower that's uh, 60 some odd feet tall. So that uh, prime location uh, has a lot of history, I found out, and looking at it up today. But uh, it's in a 70-acre park and uh, 288 feet, as I mentioned, at the highest point. And it's uh, full of walking trails, dog uh, parks, uh, little league diamonds, basketball courts, and uh, soccer field, and uh, stages uh, for a concert. And I also have one of the uh, Stratum Fairs is there in July. But uh, the neat thing is that uh, Fire Lookout Tower, which was built in uh, 1931, was donated uh, to the town back in 1973 with the idea that uh, should they ever need it, they uh, would have access to it. And, uh, well... We use that tower to uh, support the antennas very well, as you uh, can tell. And this is uh, the view from the ground with, uh, well, this is the one with my truck in it, unfortunately. Uh, but as you can see, that's a view to the uh, west, southwest right there. And a beautiful takeoff angle. So uh, we've tried operating with the following things. Uh, open air, uh, as uh, Joe was mentioning, uh, it can be pretty nasty in the sun. Uh, we've done tents. Uh, that's uh, 
you know, you get the sun off you, but uh, the sun, it just bakes inside the tent, so it's like uh, working in an oven. Uh, we've done the RV thing. That works very well. Uh, comfortable seats and air conditioning. But uh, being field day, you're supposed to be demonstrating it to the public, and public has a hard time of uh, getting into the uh, confines of a uh, RV with strangers. So uh, this year, uh, we did the two following ones, uh, the cargo trailer. Uh, has a nice large door in the back that's open so uh, people can uh, see what's going on. And then the big pop-up uh, screen tent, and that's a uh, real easy access for uh, folks to see what we're all doing up there on that hill, making noise. Uh, every club needs one. This is uh, Kerry, KC1IC, our uh, resident uh, IT expert. And uh, he's uh, currently in the uh, little uh, travel trailer there, or the uh, cargo trailer, getting the uh, computers to uh, talk to each other on the network. Uh, effective 3A designs. Well, got to figure out where you're running your co uh, coaxes, but also uh, what antennas are going to go to what station. So uh, with the propagation being what it is right now in middle or late June, uh, 20 meters, that station's going to run 24-7. So that's just got uh, 20 meter only. Then uh, we have a 40 meter and a 15 meter station, uh, number two. And... Uh, you go uh, 40 meters at night and uh, 15 meters during the day, so uh, it's one or the other. And then station number three uh, is another one of those, uh, uh, one of the others. Uh, it's 80 meters at night and uh, 10 meters in the day. And then the six-meter, well, that's uh, a freebie, an extra transmitter. So even though we are three alpha, we do have uh, four transmitters, and that's uh, for six meters. And some uh, little screenshots. Uh, we did uh, some modifications to the tent this year. We uh, threw down some uh, oh, slightly used plywood there. There's Mark, K1RX, sporting his uh, WRTC T-shirt. He is barefoot <laughs> on 20-meter. Uh, uh, looks like uh, he's got a microphone, so he is uh, on phone. And notice the uh, somewhat clean tables. Uh, we went uh, with a uh, all-in-one computer design uh, this year, trying to uh, eliminate the wires and whatnot. Uh, so that was a learning curve there, getting those things to uh, come out of a hospital environment there. They're touch screens, and uh, they weigh a ton, but they're built to uh, hospital specs. But uh, we found out that moths and uh, mosquitoes uh, tended to uh, make the screen go nuts at night. This is our secret weapon, uh, Braden, a uh, young kid that uh, Mark uh, took under his wing two years ago to do a little study on propagation, and uh, he went from zero to 30-plus uh, words a minute CW, and uh, he's uh, one of the boys now, a uh, great uh, kid, and uh, you can learn a lot from him, and he's an uh, awesome operator. I sat with him last year, not this year, but last year, and uh, that was uh, highly entertaining, but man, does he have some really good ears for uh, pulling uh, phone uh, call signs out. And notice the uh, improvised mouse pad, which was a uh, Domino's pizza box there. Got to do what you can do. Uh, Mike, K8CN, another uh, big-time CW operator there working. Uh, this was a daytime photo, so mm, hard saying which band he was on. Uh, Jerry, W1 Victor Echo, he's uh, playing around at the GOTA station and also doing a little uh, show and tell. And uh, he's showing off his uh, remote station. Uh, somewhere down the island somewhere that he was playing with. Steve, KC1ILT, running the uh, digital uh, station, uh, sending out the 10 uh, messages that we needed to get our uh, 100 points. And that was also uh, solar-powered. 
Uh, all about the software. Yes, it is. Uh, the logging computers we use uh, N1MM. Uh, Logger Plus, it's uh, relatively easy to use. Computers are all networked together, so uh, you can uh, look at, see what your neighbor uh, on the other radio is doing and figure out uh, where to send people. If somebody says, hey, uh, where are you on 20 meters, you can send them over that direction. Uh, all the messages are stored right there in the computer. Uh, reduces uh, operator fatigue. Uh, the big thing about uh, logging software, trying to get rid of the dupes and uh, keep uh, Mark is a big one on uh, keeping track of his QSAR rate. Uh, gives him uh, bragging rights. But uh, the big thing is uh, see the operator frequency of the other ops. And uh, as I mentioned before, it's kind of handy to tell somebody, hey, where is so-and-so? And then, of course, you can also send little text messages to other people on the network. Uh, for power, uh, it is a 3-alpha, so it's emergency power. I brought up my uh, 15kW diesel generator on a little trailer. Fuel consumption is about uh, three-quarters of a gallon an hour. And uh, we got no QRM from spark plugs or wires from uh, as a, a gas burner uh, engine would do. Plus, it runs at 1,800 RPM, so it's a little quieter. Uh, thanks to uh, Craigslist, I got 140 feet of uh, six-wire uh, gauge uh, four-conductor cable. So we put the generator 140 feet away, and then a uh, big breakout panel uh, underneath the camper that uh, splits up the power to all the various uh, sites. And uh, typically, most of the power uh, goes into uh, the campers just to keep them cool. And then uh, very little power actually goes into running the radios. But uh, having air conditioning on site is very handy, especially uh, in the weekend that we were operating. It was in the uh, mid-90s. Uh, setup on Friday was only in the uh, mid-80s, but extremely dry. So uh, it, was, it was comfortable. And I'll give you an overview of the uh, generator. Uh, generator is way over here, and then 140 feet of that cable to a breakout panel, and then the power gets distributed to all the locations from there with uh, meters also, so you can balance the loads as needed. Uh, here's some takeaway points. Uh, we uh, we usually play to win, so uh, Mark has pushed us uh, and always been pushing us to get those bonus points. Uh, those bonus points are 100 points each, and uh, it's very easy to rack up a lot of points without even uh, keying up a radio. Having good antennas uh, makes you loud, and it's uh, a lot easier just staying on one frequency versus hunting and pouncing. Uh, let them come to us. Uh, planning for our site doesn't start the day before. It's uh, actually months before. We have to secure the site, uh, get the campers secured, uh, radios and operators. Uh, unfortunately, uh, June, late June, a lot of people are on vacation, so uh, trying to get operators is always an issue. Uh, and here comes uh, where I uh, take care of the crew here. The field day crew, they uh, operate on uh, their stomach. So a well-fed crew and a well-hydrated crew performs uh, much better. And our food is so good, actually, uh, we have some people that just show up to eat and then leave. So not sure why. Uh, I guess the food must be that bad at home. They, uh, they come all the way out to see us. Uh, being familiar with the radios, that's always helpful. And uh, we have a software uh, training session, usually the Wednesday before a field day, so we get people familiar with the uh, radios and the software and also a little bit of propagation helps and keep up that QSO rate but uh, one of the important reasons uh, Stratum Hill we're away from any uh, power up there for the most part it's uh, quiet no uh, electrical noise from power lines or other uh, QRM and that's uh, the, the takedown crew uh, we're pretty exhausted it was uh, mid 90s uh, some people have already left and uh, that was our uh, usual photo so of the uh, takedown crew all right that's uh, what i got for y'all and i shall stop sharing send it back to you what do you think
Wow, I mean, you guys have really got it all together up there. You got a nice site. Uh, you got some great antennas. Looks like you got a lot of planning that you've done. Well, it's and, all thanks uh, to Mark. I didn't. Did I? Did I miss the part? I, I've been doing a few little things behind the scenes here. Did I miss the part? Did you have any food? <laughs> oh yeah, we had food. Uh, lots of food. I made uh, uh, ribeyes marinated oh, with. Uh, Adolph's meat marinade. You just add water, and that stuff just falls off the off the fork. Oh, you're making me hungry already, man. A ribeye would be really good about right now. Oh, gee. Well, we've been threatening lobster tails, but uh, I think lobster <laughs> tails are too chewy. Yeah. I, I'd go for the ribeye <laughs> I don't myself. know. You do lobster tails, and I may come up and work 20 for yeah. you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sign All that right. man up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll send it over to Mark. Is that uh, what you want there, Tom? Yeah, let's just let uh, Mark jump in here. Mark, right. uh, uh, Mark, uh, was it you that had, let's see, there was another subject that we we thought about tonight. I don't think we're going to have time to do it tonight. But uh, um, what was it? A radio sport. That was it. Radio sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, By the way, uh, and uh, good evening to everyone who's uh, tuned in uh, tonight. And it's been quite interesting to see everyone's field day operation. Uh, just a couple points on the Port City Club uh, on the GOTA station. Uh, we did something a little different. Uh, you know, we kind of forego or we had foregone the uh, uh, point generation that comes with the GOTA. The objective was if we found uh, some public interest, we would introduce them to some QSOs on the work bands, obviously not involved with field day to kind of not overwhelm them initially. Uh, and then if we found uh, someone who was really interested and wanted to get on and, you know, really jump into the excitement, then we would point them to the other stations that was, you know, uh, involved with the uh, more serious field day effort. And uh, that, was, uh, that was the strategy there. Uh, uh, make one point on the WRTC event. Uh, mm -hmm. I was uh, actually a director in 2014 where uh, I was responsible for the antennas and the towers, uh, coax, all the antenna structures, et cetera. Uh, my challenge was to stand up 65 uh, sites uh, in 72 hours with uh, using 16 teams of five-people teams. And uh, their, their goal was to erect a site every 90 minutes, and uh, we were pretty successful back then. 2018, I was uh, lucky enough to be selected as a referee in the uh, German event, and uh, one coming up uh, 2022, which is now actually scheduled for 2023 due to the pandemic issue. Uh, this is located in Italy. Uh, the the uh, young man that was pictured earlier, uh, uh, Braden, KC1KUG, uh, he was recently selected as uh, one of two operators for the youth uh, team and the only youth team uh, representing the United States in this event. So it's uh, pretty amazing. This kid yeah. started in uh, 2019, came to my house with about 10 or 12 words per minute under his belt. In that amount of time, or since that time, he is, uh, I guess you could call it a meteorite kind of uh, uh, acceleration. This kid has done amazing. Uh, I've learned a few things myself. So it's been uh, really exciting to be a part of that. Love mentoring. You know, it's always great to bring young kids into this hobby. 
this kid has now got a passion that's uh, almost unstoppable. So that uh, that concludes my piece. So back well, to you, Tom. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that. When you you were responsible for the antennas, now you actually put towers up, didn't you? Like 40 or 60 towers? Yeah, we put up 65 towers, and there were 40 feet of Rhone 25 uh, using a falling derrick technique. Uh, the uh, the group or the the directors and there were ten of us involved in WRTC 2014. We actually put to get a put together a uh, bid uh, or a proposal, I guess, uh, to the antenna companies, and they we went to three or four antenna companies and. We had some specific goals, you know, a certain weight level, uh, the speed in which these antennas could be assembled, et cetera. So I was all a part of that. And uh, But the real challenge was to stand up 65 towers uh, for this event in July of 2014. And uh, it actually came off quite successfully. It was and, uh, a real uh, highlight for me would, and my ham career. Would you like to come back uh, on the show one night and just talk to us about that? And let's spend a lot more time about it. I think it would be an interesting subject. I would love to. Thank you uh, yeah, we'll, for the invite. We'll uh, we'll do that. I'll, uh, I'll get back with you, and we'll schedule out. And uh, I, uh, it sounds amazing. And uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of questions and would like to really uh, learn what you guys do there. Well, uh, thank you uh, so much uh, for that. And, hey, uh, let's see, that was Chris. Thank you, Chris, for uh, the presentation uh, there. Um, we've got uh, two or three more uh, field days to go through, and we're, you know, we're trying to pack it in here into our uh, allotted time tonight. So we're going to move on. Thank you guys so much for being with us. You're welcome to stay with us. Uh, the rest of the show, if you want to, uh, we probably will not be opening the – I don't know if we're going to open Zoom or the phone lines tonight or not. We might if we have time. We usually do that uh, in a section that we call after the show show, but we may not get there tonight because our show is uh, running a little late. Let me just say uh, I wanted to uh, uh, just mention to everybody out there that you are listening to or watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio, amateur radio. And shortwave. Many of us got our, our start in shortwave listening. And if you're out there listening on WBCQ shortwave 7490 tonight, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Please hit the subscribe button. If you hadn't hit the subscribe button, please do that. I'm showing you right there where that button is. It should be somewhere around that arrow right there. So please hit that. And, uh, Join our Facebook group. We've got a Facebook group of over 13,000 hams. That uh, This is a great Facebook group. Uh, just go to W5KUB. Now, a lot of people want to be my friend on Facebook. I use Facebook, my personal Facebook, mainly for uh, my, my uh, close family. I don't have many on there, and I surely don't want 13,000, uh, uh, you know, 13,000 friends on my uh, personal Facebook account. So you can find me on W5KUB. I'm always there. That's where I'll be. So uh, please join uh, join us there. All right. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. We're going to go to Russellville, Arkansas, and we're going to talk uh, to the um, Arkansas River Valley Amateur Radio Foundation. Well, that's even worse than Amateur Radio Roundtable. John, we'll be well, with you. Thank you very just- much for... Uh- for having me. 
We'll be with and, you in just uh, a minute. We'll be, hey, we'll be with you in just a moment, okay? Sure. So stand by there, and uh, we'll be we'll be right back in just a minute. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. With a powerful and high-quality ICOM base station, easily cut through the pileups and get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 portable, the IC7300, and the IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hands who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors. This base station provides features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package. It covers HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and is weighing in at just under 2 pounds. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various stages, and it reduces the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is a radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, in an SD memory card slot. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM7610 is a great sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digital select. For more information, visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. All right, and we are back. And let's see. Hey, don't go away over here, West Memphis, Arkansas. We're going to get with you, uh, with you, uh, Jimmy Blackford, in just a minute. We're going we're gonna to talk with you in just a minute. But uh, right now, I want to go over to Russellville, Arkansas. That's over on the western side of Arkansas. Got a few little bitty little mountains over there, not a whole lot of big ones or anything. But uh, hey, that's where I went to college over Russellville, Arkansas. Spent a few years over there. And my friend John Evans, WB5BHS, is with us tonight, and he's going to kind of walk us through a couple, few pictures uh, from their field day over there. So, John, uh, come on in here. Are you there? I'm here. Thank you very much, Tom, for having me. Is my video showing up? Oh, yes. Well, let's Thank see. you very much. I really, yeah. really appreciate it. Let me and, get uh, this out Anyway, chose the, uh, I'm John Evans, WB5BHS. I'm the president of the Arkansas River Valley Amateur Radio Foundation. And uh, anyway, I chose the winter motif on, our, uh, on the presentation, so that way it won't be so painful when we're talking about... Uh, uh, about our uh, our field day. So as you can see, uh, you know, this is the heat index that uh, they had on the local uh, news at uh, 4 p.m. 
uh, on field day afternoon, and it was 105 in Russellville, Arkansas, the heat mm-hmm. index. And you see other places around the state, 113, 110. So it, it was really hot. We ran uh, uh, three alpha, and we had about 28 people come to our uh, to our field day. So we had a great uh, great time. Uh, this is the uh, picture of the uh, pavilion where most of the activity took place. This was kind of the hub of our uh, of our field day. This is where the digital station uh, operated from. This is where the uh, food was located. Uh, this is uh, we had the fellowship, and we also had our uh, training exercise in that uh, in that area. Uh, let's see. This was one of the just uh, where we were sitting around, just getting started. Uh, left to right uh, was David. Uh, next was Charles and Tom and Daniel. And this was just uh, just us just getting ready to get started before field day. And air temperature was about 102 degrees. Uh, this is Mike KG5YTY. Mike was a uh, uh, artillery commander in the uh, in the army, so uh, he was in charge of having the uh, the launch mechanism, and he launched all of our uh, antennas over the uh, over the trees, and uh, pretty much took care of uh, setting up everybody's uh, uh, amateur radio station and especially their antennas uh, for the field day. Oh yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, the CW station, one view of it. If you look, we used a 15-meter uh, Yagi. Uh, this an- particular antenna only weighed four pounds, and uh, just right next to where the uh, where the mast is for the uh, antenna, that's a screenhouse where the uh, CW station was operated. Mm. So here's a rundown on some of our stations. This is the CW station. Uh, this is... Uh, Dave and Dennis, Dennis W5RZ, I'm sure you know him, Tom. Uh, they ran a uh, Kenwood TS590 and the 15-meter beam. And then they had a, some type of secret ladder line antenna uh, that was somewhat resonant on all bands. And that was uh, a, a Nick Kennedy uh, WA5BDU and W5RZ uh, special antenna design. And obviously, it works real good for them because uh, they make uh, they make a ton of uh, contacts on CW. Uh, this is Dave. This was the first time for him to ever work CW with a real paddle. You know, he's a straight key guy, and now he's uh, now he's using a paddle. So a uh, little bit of a learning curve, but uh, but looks like uh, looks like he's uh, he got started with it. Uh, this was uh, in our training session. This is me, and I'm with uh, Mike, uh, KG5YTY, uh, the antenna launcher guy. Uh, you can see the uh, the FT sta- FT8 station number, uh, that we used uh, to run the uh, digital, and it was a uh, a uh, Yezu uh, FT891. And uh, sitting there with the back to us is the uh, uh, Kenwood TS570. So anyway. The, uh, our Polk County uh, Office of Emergency uh, Management OEM uh, folks were real nice. They always loan us a uh, an RV or their trailer, and that's what they did this year. And this trailer housed the uh, the sideband station. If you'll look just right to the right of the door, it's real hard to see. I'll put move my cursor around there. 
that is the uh, antenna that we used for the uh, network to network all the uh, all the different stations together. Uh, this is inside that uh, that trailer, and this is the sideband station. Uh, Steve uh, W5QC is on the left, and uh, to the right is uh, Mike KG5YTY, and they're running a, a Yezu FT450, and they're using a off-center fed dipole, and they use that antenna for the whole field day, and they were able to uh, operate all the bands and. I guess they used the tuner that was in the radio. They never had any tuning problems at the uh, off-center fed that did real good for those guys. Uh, this is the six-meter station, and uh, that's me. And then uh, the person uh, to my left is uh, David, KI5DHG. Uh, He's had his license for about two years, and uh, he ran the, uh, the uh, six-meter station. They used a, a Kenwood uh, TS2000. And I don't know what kind of antenna it was, but uh, one of the uh, club members, Fred, KE5WWW, uh, uh, designed the uh, the secret six-meter antenna. It was hit up in the trees, so you couldn't see it at night. So uh, I can't even describe what it looks like. Uh, this is the digital station uh, where we did uh, mostly FT8 and FT4 uh, contacts. And uh, Winlink, uh, use Winlink to send the, or try to send the uh, uh, section manager uh, field day message. Uh, Fred is on the left there, K5WWW. Tom, KG5STP, he donated all the equipment for the digital station. And Daniel, uh, N5BBW, uh, is sitting there uh, operating the, uh, the digital station. As I mentioned earlier, it was the Azu FT891. And our antenna also was a uh, off-center fed antenna with uh, some big honking uh, matching ballon because uh, it was uh, it was about the uh, same size of a uh, uh, a small loaf of bread. It was pretty good size, about eight inches by eight inches. So it was a good size ballon. Uh, this is one of my favorite pictures. This is in the middle of the night, and to the left. Uh, is Kevin and Dennis is in it. Uh, this is us trying to send the uh, field day message to our uh, section manager using a Winlink, and we were having difficulty connected, uh, connecting to one of the uh, gateway stations. Uh, we didn't make near as many points as we have in the past, and we didn't even sniff some of the points that the other stations made. But uh, that's our score. That's that's what we did. Uh, you know. It isn't great, but uh, but we make sure gave it a good effort. And uh, anybody have any questions? Well, that is uh, that is so cool, man. Uh, gee, uh, hey, uh, so now where did you where do you have the uh, field day? Where, where was the location? I'm sorry, I, I didn't even mention that. I didn't put up a graphic for That's the okay. map. Uh, we put the uh, we put the station up at Washburn Park. It's at the intersection of uh, Lakefront Drive. And uh, Highway 64, or also uh, uh, D Parkway, they all intersect together, and then that's where the uh, that's where we set up the uh, field day station. If you remember, right before you go over the causeway at the lake, where that island is, well, you can overlook that island from the uh, from our field day side. A great shot of the lake, and also that's inside of the Lake Dardanelle uh, WMA. So it also uh, accounted for a uh, POTA uh, 
points if anybody is uh, is collecting uh, POTUS stations. Yeah, well, you know, I wondered uh, why. Uh, have you guys ever considered having field day on top of Mount Nebo? Yes, we used to do field day on uh, on Mount Nebo. They started out doing it on Peterman Tower. It was a fire tower, just <coughs> like uh, the one you just saw, except it was uh, on uh, White Oak Mountain uh, near uh, Appleton and Hector. And then uh, after several years of that, we moved it to Nebo. And we always did field day from Nebo for years and years, and uh, just there were a little bit, a little bit of logistics problems with Nebo. But a lot of the, uh, a lot of the club members didn't like to drive up and down the mountain after dark, so yeah. that's why it was favored wow. to have it more in a uh, centrally located uh, uh, part of right just uh, downtown Russellville. Well, guys, for for people that don't know what we're talking about, Mount Nebo is a, a little mountain over there. And it's uh, like a plateau on top. It's flat, and it's uh, it's about two thousand feet high. And uh, it's a great place over here for uh, like VHF uh, contesting. A lot of our guys from Memphis go over there for VHF contesting. And uh, but uh, up two thousand feet up here, that would be a great place to have field day uh, to put some antennas up. And uh, I know what you're talking about. The road it is a very curvy, steep road that goes up 2,000 feet and uh, um, it uh, it's, it's tough. I, I don't think a lot of people would want to drive it, especially at night. I don't think kids want to drive it up here. But um, uh, hey, nice, nice view. You can see the Arkansas River down here. You can see the uh, the lock and dams there of the uh, uh, Lake Dardanelle and uh, just a beautiful place over there with uh, all the lakes and the forest around it and uh, uh, one of these days, I'm going to come over there for you guys' field day and join you guys. Oh, that would be wonderful. I want you to know you're more than welcome. Yeah, like to uh, like to get over there soon, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, surely do that. Well, hey, man, I'm glad that you were able to come on tonight and bring uh, the pictures and and talk to us about it. Um, you know, um, I I I go back about I don't know almost 50 years with history with that area there and the, the club back when the club was in the old courthouse uh, there downtown. And uh, I, I, I remember very little about it, but I, I think they had prisoners in there and we'd, we'd go in there to have our meeting. Uh, we'd have to go by all the prisoners. Uh, I don't know if uh, they're still, they still keep prisoners in there or not, but uh, that was, uh, that was interesting. But uh, things have really changed, man, over the years, all the new modes and all the new radios. And, boy, if we had had the radios back then that we have today, wouldn't that have been exciting? Oh, man, it would have been something. Well, John, hey, thank you so much, man. And, look, hey, i got to say it again, man. Your beard looks good. I would not shave that off. I know you. I know you, you started growing it for the pandemic. But, you know, there may be another pandemic that comes. I would just keep that beard on, man. I don't know. What's the wife say about it? She's she's happy with it either way. All right. Well, we might find you a job around December uh, if you still got it. Hey, man, thanks a lot, man. I hope some of your people here uh, tuned in tonight and uh, got to see their cell phone uh, on the show tonight. Um 
Appreciate it, and we'll see you later. We're going to move on. We're, we've got another one or two to go to here. Let's see if uh, the guys over in West Memphis are still there. They may be gone to sleep or have left us by now. But Jimmy, Jimmy Blackford, are you still with us? Yes, sir. I'm still here. There he is. Okay. Let's do a good one. All right. Well, hey, I'm, I'm, we, we, I, I told you it would get to you. It might take a little while. but uh, So... Uh, let's let's see if I can get your pictures up here. <laughs> I think I know which pictures they are. I think you had a couple of them at the very beginning. Well, that's not one of them. Hang on, hang on. Here, that's one of them. All right. <laughs> so I know where they are now. So okay. So let's do this. Yeah. Uh, okay. So hey. Uh, so, uh, Jimmy, where where did you guys have uh, field day over here this year? You, you said you had, we had it at Marion? First Baptist Church in Marion. Okay. So we were in Marion, Arkansas. But okay. uh, we're the Crittenden Amateur Radio Operators. It's our club. We're kind of a new club. We've uh, actually only been active for about a year. And, and actually, we're still kind of working out the kinks in the club. Uh, a couple of the guys started a, a repeater over here, and it's kind of built into the club. Yeah. Since then, uh, we have a repeater that we work with tomorrow on that, and so uh, actually we did that just before the show. Uh, KI5GU, he's the guy who uh, ran the net tonight for the, it's the Memphis area net, so they, they had that. But we, we worked out of, out of our uh, lot, it was kind of right out in the sun, no trees, but we did have our uh, trailer, which you'll see in the pictures at some point from the... Uh, Arkansas Baptist Disaster Relief, which gave us a little bit of air conditioning. Uh, definitely some relief from the heat. Right. It was about 100, and, 100, 101 degrees at least. The guys in Memphis know they're the same kind of temperature. Yeah, well, I'm trying to bring you in just full screen, but John John, get, made me mess my thing up. But. <laughs> yeah, we look split there, don't we? Yeah, let me see if I can figure this thing out. Uh, if I go to view... Remove all pins. That'll do it. That did it right there. Okay. I think we got you now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks you. like a whole picture now. Yeah, we got you. We got you in there now, old Jimmy. <laughs> so you're up in Marion. For people that don't know it, Marion is just, uh, I don't know, five, six miles uh, north of uh, West Memphis, Arkansas. West Memphis. Just right, just, just right across the river from Memphis. Right. We can look out the door and see Memphis yeah, skyline. Right across so the we're... river from Memphis, Tennessee. So. Yeah. Uh, I lived in West Memphis for a number of years, and then I moved to Marion for a number of years, and then I have been over here in Tennessee for about 18 years now, 19 years. Uh, so I need to get over here, and uh, I, if I thought about it, I would have drove over and visited you guys there. And, you know, hey, it looked like y'all went in first class because you probably were air-conditioned, weren't you? Yeah, I was. A couple of the guys were still outside on the tables. But uh, yeah. I had set up in the air conditioning, and a couple other stations were inside the air conditioning. Let me see. So we I had can, cool. I'm bring some pictures up here, and uh, right. uh, let's see if you could talk about it. This is. Can you tell us what this is? Yeah, this was uh, inside the trailer, and back behind there, you'll see a. There's an HF uh, radio up on the up, hanging from the thing there, and also a, a VHF radio. And uh, Phil Dunham there is in the blue shirt, and he was kind of working that. Uh, VHF radio, just trying to do a little simplex FM, you know, 
and just try and do some of that because he's a, a a tech and uh the other girl standing there is also a tech that's sheila and she was uh, trying to do some stuff that's just okay, the what? setup of the trailer beforehand it's just kind of what it looks oh, like okay. inside there but right. we had back in that back corner we set up a, a, a radio uh there you can see the the setup of the trailer and we had some infed antennas running off the top of it on those, t- oh, yeah. on those little towers and one of them running all the way back to the lights in the parking lot and one of them running to a telephone pole now somebody and, was operating under the tent top there i suppose yes sir that's uh frank barton he's a KI-5-FGB, and he was running a 20-meter uh, most of the day on a, uh, a buddy pole. And uh, I hadn't ever had one of those buddy poles out, and so it's kind of neat. Frank is a fairly new operator as well. He just got his license uh, several months ago, and so he got his tech and general pass all at once. And so I, for most all of us, this was our first field day event uh so i had never done one i think we only had one person who's there who's ever even been to a field day so we were just kind of running it that's me there and i was running uh ft8 station there and trying to let uh some of the people see ft8 in digital mode and, and how that kind of worked i was running on icom 7100 there oh. i was on 15 meter it was running fairly well uh some of the guys on 20 and 40, we're interfering with each other every once in a while. So we've got to kind of work out some of those those kinks and details with some yeah. bandpass filters or something. But it was working out pretty well. well that was another here. little area in the back where we set up a station for Al, and he's N5ALN. He was running a 40-meter with an N-fed out mm-hmm. from right there. Okay. So we've got just different areas in the trailer where you can set up and run. Again, that's the very front up there. We had a computer there with a the logger. And uh, we could run 80 meter off of that. It had a screwdriver antenna on that radio, uh, that HF radio there. So it did pretty well. And it had a, that was an FT450D. It had a auto tuner on it, so it was pretty easy to tune up. So you were kind of in tight quarters there. Did you have to wear earphones? Uh, most of them did, but the digital obviously didn't have to have yeah. anything. So I just had it yeah. turned down. Okay. And then... Uh, the VHF, he had his headphones, and then Alan was in the back, and he went to too much trouble. Yeah. So so there's there's another one who just, the girl on the right, uh, she had just gotten her general uh, a few months back, so she was just kind of watching some of this FT8. Uh, she's KI5SOF, but she had just passed her general uh, not long ago, so most all of us, or most of the people there were, were fairly new to uh, all the stuff we were doing there, so yeah, they were all trying to watch the digital and see how it works. She's just gotten her a new radio, and in fact, uh, she had just made her first uh, HF contact uh, this weekend. Oh, wow. so yeah. that's kind of neat there. Yeah. So due to that, yeah, that was just some of the wires and stuff getting ready to set up for the thing eventually. Just kind of piling it all together. And that's outside kind of prior to the time, but I did get to uh, run a a contact through the International Space Station as it went over early that morning. Oh, that's but cool, it was man. so that you know, we were there setting up and uh we got to do that and uh it's kinda neat that we watched that happen. But uh you know, it, it didn't come over anymore during the daytime where, where where more people could see it. But it was there I wanna say it's about 
9 or 10 o'clock that morning. Well, the satellite uh, activity was not great uh, Saturday. I think the, the, the only decent pass that we got here in Memphis was like at 9 o'clock at night. It was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's late, right. Yeah. And by that time, our people were we we had we didn't intend to stay a full twenty four hours. We were just kind of using it as a learning yeah. experience and kind of have some fun. So yeah. that's kind of what we did. But it did work, and I did make a contact with somebody out of South Carolina. I don't, that's I didn't a, get their that's cool all thing right. all the way done. But I had like a a sec- few seconds left in the last part of the pass, and they only had like five minutes anyway. Yeah, total. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of time, but it did work, and so they saw it work. So that was good. Yeah. So I was trying to show them. In, in fact, one of the other guys on our team bought this same arrow antenna that I have, mm-hmm. and he had never even got it out of the box or put it together till that day. Oh. Wow. So we we got it out, and I showed him how to hook it up and and kind of the sights to get on to try to figure out what frequencies and stuff like that. Uh huh. There's Alan back there doing the 40 meter in the back. So he was, he had a, his computer had recorded his voice and stuff. Yeah. So he was able to just kind of use it to do the CQ. Well, that comes so he did pretty good. Else, uh, you lose your voice. Yeah. 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 That's the buddy pole he had set up. And of course, back in the background there, you're pretty much looking at Walmart and Memphis right behind that. So oh, yeah. he was kind of aiming it. Aim it that direction, so he kind of got, you know, we're in the middle of the country, so we can kind of aim whatever way we want to. Oh, yeah. You, you get something, so. I guess he can just go out there and turn it by hand and, uh, you know. Yeah. He said there, I didn't get to see him turn it, but he said, yeah, there's a way to turn it. Yeah. I guess from in the bottom, there's like a little thing that unscrews. Mm-hmm. So you can see there's antennas on all four corners of that trailer there and a solar panel up front. Uh, I intended to move the generator around back, but it was so quiet, we never did mess with it, so it just stayed there all day. Who who provided the trailer? I had the trailer. Uh, It it comes from Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Okay. It actually is owned by the church, but it's a Southern Baptist disaster. It's actually a communications and incident command trailer. So some of the radios are built into the trailer all the time. Okay, and you oh. you kind of work in that area. You were uh, you're you helped us out on our last big uh, high altitude balloon. You're a tree climber, and uh, yes, sir. You climb. That's what I do. Like disaster it. relief. I do uh, chainsaw work uh, during all the hurricanes and tornadoes, and we do climb trees. We're one of the only ones in Arkansas that do. And in fact, we just got a new lift here li- lately that'll put us at about seventy five to eighty feet. To save us from having to climb so much. Oh man, that's that's good. So that's good. That's a that's a new new addition to our disaster program. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's Frank's uh, uh, solar. Yeah. He was running on solar and battery. And he, he never did connect to the generator at all, but he ran on that. He had like a hundred and twenty watts of power there, and uh, it pretty much kept his radio filled up or his battery. I, I doubt if he even used much off the battery at all, because well, we had a you, pretty good sun. Yeah, but he had guys, to keep moving. He had to keep moving in the in the tent because the sunlight in the morning. Yeah. He, he's got every, every about every thirty minutes or an hour. He'd have to pick up, and move about four or five inches. But so, we had a good time, and everybody learned a lot. Uh, did you? April uh, did, brought did, out did a, a like a ladder line uh, antenna that she'd never tried out. We hooked it up and used it and. So everybody got to see different things. That was kind of the well, that's, goal. That's good. 
Now, did y'all, did you actually have people that actually stayed here all night and try to make some contacts through the night, or did you shut down during the night? We did shut down. We uh, we ran uh, as long as everybody wanted to, which was, I would say, just before dark. And then uh, me and Frank were probably the last couple there, and we packed up and we we, we went on home. But I think uh, April made a contact later on from her house, so that was something different. But uh, but for the most part, we ran right there. It was just kind of we had about we got about eight or nine people in our in our uh, club that showed up, and so uh, you know they most like I say most all of our people are fairly new, uh, definitely new. Uh, uh, you know, new new license grades or, or, or new license periods. And so uh, the club is fairly new. And so it's all going to be learning. So we're hoping, you know, uh, I think January is when the winter field day is. We might actually try to do better and do some points and stuff and work out some more of our kinks. So. All right. Well, it sounds like you. You, you you knew what you were doing. You you had a successful uh, setup, and uh, you were trying different modes and different bands. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Did you have any visitors there? Any any public uh, come in to see things? We had a few earlier, right before it came up. Uh, so, uh, we had two preachers that were there. They both uh-huh. came by, and then we had another one of our guys was on our other teams. But we also had it in the newspaper. But I don't. I was inside a lot of the time. And Frank was outside, so I, I didn't see any, but that doesn't mean there wasn't any. Yeah, but you know, it's it's the first time people got to see what it is, and and we'll get more exposure. But we did have it in the newspaper. So, all right. Well, hey, man, Jimmy, thanks, man, for showing us uh, what you guys did over there. That was just right across the river, man. I wish I'd come come over here and visit you guys. That'd have been uh, at least you'd have had air conditioning going. We didn't have it. Yeah. yeah, at least you could sit down in air conditioning. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. next time when you get ready to release a balloon, we'll release a balloon during one of these things yeah, or we'll something. Do it. We'll do that, man. We'll do that. Well, hey, <laughs> thanks so much for uh, for uh, showing us that and telling us all about it. So, all right, all right. So we've got one more here that Alan sent uh, uh, our uh, tech tips guy, Alan. But you know what? I'm going to hold it and let him show it next week. Uh, Alan uh, actually set up uh, on the site uh, of Marconi. Uh, this is the uh, historic site where Marconi uh, had his equipment and an antenna and did his first uh, transatlantic contact. And uh, Alan actually set up uh, antennas, and he operated all by himself at that location. And he's got a nice video. Uh, we'll look at that next week. So we've got uh, just a few minutes left. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to open up the uh, the Zoom in case we've got a couple people here that would like to uh, join us on Zoom here. So uh, I'm going to put the Zoom link in the uh, in the chat room right now, and uh, just click on that link and you'll be on the show with us. Here we go. Let's see if anybody else would like to join us here. Uh, please, uh, please click that link and join us. I had a couple pictures here. I know Bill uh, WZ1L will join us here probably in a minute. I've got a couple pictures from Bill that he sent me. One was a testing picture, and one was uh, <laughs> I think of the um, a field day up there. 
see if I can pull this up. All right. Yeah, we were at the Athens Amateur Radio Club in Athens, Alabama, and uh, we uh, had a great time. We uh, launched a a balloon, and it ended up going across Belize, Cancun, and Guatemala. I saw it. I wish I could could have uh, tagged along with that one. I saw it. uh, It it looked like it's doing pretty good, and the altitude looks good. So, so we had a good time, had a big crowd there, and uh, they had one of those AMSAT SIMSATs uh, on display, too. It's uh, They have an actual um, Pico satellite, and they actually had the uh, a simulated satellite uh, that uses the uh, Pi Zero. Oh. And those Pi Zeros actually are pretty hard to come by at the moment. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is. Hey, Bill, you there? Uh, uh, Bill, WZ1L. Are you there, Bill? Come on, Bill. Talk to me. Yeah, he'll be here in a minute, I think. Well, hey, you doing good? I've been following. I've been following it down here to uh, through across the Gulf and down to Belize and. Uh, it looks like it's going to kind of take the same route that ours took. It's going to make a circle down here and come back up in the U.S. And, uh, boy, we're we're going nowhere fast. I don't know about this one, but we're going nowhere we fast. We had uh, one launch from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, that was a girls' STEM class of a camp. And it went to Mississippi, did a little circle, and then Huntsville, it's almost to Huntsville at sunset. So, yeah, the wind patterns are really, really uh, yeah. wacko here in the middle of the summer. I'm going to pull up the uh, pull up the Hab Hub here real quick. Let's look and see what the Hab Hub, latest Hab Hub says where we're going. Okay. We actually inflated the balloon in the uh, EC shelter, uh, the emergency communications uh, uh, trailer that they had set up at the Athens Field Day site. That was a really neat event. They had quite a few people there. Well, I, I have a question, Tom. You have a question? Yeah, it, it looks like 112 is doing a roundabout and heading west again. Well, it is kind of heading west to south. Uh, here it is right here. Uh, let me get it on the screen here. There's the uh, there's the prediction for it right there. So I don't know. Um, we're at 49,400 feet. So it's not getting It looks much like wind. it kind of gets more, it's pulled in behind the fronts, you know, kind of just sucked on in to follow the fronts. Yeah, it's, uh, let's look at, uh, let's look at the entire trip here. And uh, uh, you can see it's all messed up here. Um, 
we had this big high pressure over the southeast and the one we uh, launched from uh, uh, Athens spent the day over Mississippi going in circles and there's they're actually it spent the day over central Alabama going in circles because that's where the uh, actual high pressure was before it finally took off towards the Gulf of Mexico so yeah you're, you'll get trapped in those yeah. vortex and You'll be spinning well, in circles for you know, a while. It's been interesting flying above the, at the 50,000-foot level. That's typically oh, yeah. what nobody basically has done in the past years. But you sure don't go anywhere. It's not as, it's not as much fun as seeing it cross different countries and, and you, know, you know. Yeah, but what, you don't have to worry about the storms as much. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I I guess what we're looking at mainly is just I, I just kind of go for longevity here to see how long it will stay up at the fifty thousand foot level because it's sure not going anywhere. It's uh, it's just barely just poking along out there, and uh, I think we'll eventually uh, uh, we'll eventually head on over to Europe maybe. Uh, well, uh, I'll just that's uh, quite a pattern there. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we kind of—it seems like all the ones that I've seen lately are all going down to Central America, Mexico, and making it turn and coming back over uh, to the U.S. Yeah, the one I did uh, for field day is uh, towards Hawaii. Yeah, and it'll take and a we week thought, or more to get out there. We thought we were going to go to Hawaii there for a couple of days, but then it finally turned north. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to predict. Uh, the predictions are not very accurate this time yeah. of year, particularly on a slow gradient like that. All right, uh, let's see. Who I'm wearing a black cap today. Black cap, yeah, I see it. Yep, got your NASA black cap on. You can actually get these at Cracker Barrel. They've got them on discount. Oh, yeah, their yeah. Cracker section. Barrel sells uh, a lot of things like it. Uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, stuff like that, you know. I'm going to have to go to the Cracker Barrel now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we had someone join us. Let's see who that was. Uh, J-Row. Who was that? J-Row. Hey, how you doing? I'm sorry. Oh, hey, there you are. Hey, man, welcome back. Uh, glad <sighs> to have you back from last week, man. How you yes. doing? Yes. Um, yeah, we had field days. It was my first field day. We, I went to this um, club in Yonkers. That's the closest one. Mm-hmm. We went to this um, cute park by the water. They had a bunch of antennas uh, set up. It was very friendly. Yeah. I couldn't sleep, and I said to my wife, you know, it's 3 in the morning, can't sleep. I'm out to field day. Yeah. <laughs> I just grabbed my snacks, and then I just went there. I'm like... <clears throat> They look, there were two guys awake. They looked at me like, sure, man, just sit around and whatever. So did you and, uh, Did you meet some new people that maybe? Yeah, about uh, five, seven in the morning, people s- started show, showing up again. People started waking up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a few of the, you know, the veterans, they took turns teaching me, like, you know, trying to get some points. I was on the, uh, I want to say, 20-meter band. Uh-huh. I was a 
14, 14 megahertz. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Yeah. I don't have my call sign yet, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm brand new to this. So yeah, I was, I spoke to a bunch of people from Kentucky. I was able, I was just, I was the guy, um, I started writing it down, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what was it? Yeah. Writing down on the computer to get the points. And sometimes I was, and by the end I was, uh, on the radio, basically asking the questions and, you know, uh, awesome. you have to great. say the call sign That's and then, then the 3A and, uh, Eastern New York, right? So you can yeah. get points for it. It was, it was pretty interesting. It was, it was my first interaction. People were very nice, very friendly. Um, so they acted as my, I'd say, Elmer. Uh, day Elmer, right? The like Elmer for a day. <laughs> An Elmer for a day. Or for an hour, actually. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were very excited. I mean, it was like probably, they said there were like 50 people overall. 50 people showed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I left, you know, my wife, I was supposed to bring the car at 1130. It was 1145. And my, my Elmer for a day, he was like going on and on. And I couldn't like get a little gap just to be like, so I have to go. So I ended up arriving super late, bringing the car super late to my wife. She was so pissed off. Well, let me tell you, at a field day, having somebody show up at 4 a.m. giving you some fresh blood. We love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. By then, we're all worn out. So, you know, any fresh meat to throw at the fire, we're we're happy to have. So, how are you doing on your studying and uh, your li- what what license? Uh, I guess which ones are you going to go go for uh, in the beginning? There, the beginning. I mean, like I'll, there are only three. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna. I want to go all the way to extra. I mean, okay. the sky's the limit. You know. Sure, it's a sure. subject that like I'm very interested in. You know, I spend a lot. What are you using time. to study uh, by? Well, so well, right well, now, I, I like I go a lot of Wikipedia, study about you know uh, the full spectrum and what they're used. I I've, I find interesting. I, I find even beyond the the the. Um, the spectrum for him, I find interesting, you know, just also the astrobiology, astro astronomy part of it. I find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've been using the YouTube channel. Um, I think I it's suggest- called hamradio.2.0. They have like uh, a preparation mm-hmm. uh, classes for the technician exam. So I, I'm already on my second uh, lecture. I have to review a few times. Okay, okay. hold on a second there. Uh, I would oh. uh, start taking sample tests uh, at hamstudy.org or qrz.com um, has a study of sample testing. Uh, do that because I teach classes and, and I start my classes off saying, what class have you ever gone to where you... You had access to every question and every answer before you even walked in the door. And most of the students, except for one, said never. So you have access to every question and every answer. As of June, as of July the 1st, the question pool is changing. It's going from 421 questions down to 399. So be sure to get the new question pool, not the old one, if you're studying since you probably won't be able to take a test 
before July the 1st. But uh, I say go through the, what is your real, your real interest is getting your license. Is that not it? Or just studying any material? What's your priority? My priority, I'll be honest with you, I think they're both interesting. I, I like studying about it. I like well, uh, what I would suggest is is get your license and then you can continue studying whatever you want to study. So what I would do is is study the question pools and and it's not memorization, it's familiarization. And with that, run through the question pool 25, 30 times uh, on sample test and you'll come up and if you're getting 85 to 95 percent on a technician, Go to the general question pool and start studying it because about 30% of the material, the technician material, is actually the basis for the general material. So you can, so you can, if you're doing 85 to 90% of, of the uh, question, you only have to pass 75% to, to get your license. Yeah, now Bill is also a VE, so, you know, Bill, you've been trying to jump in a half a dozen times, so Joe, let Bill talk for a second. <laughs> Joe, I would like to also amplify hamstudy.org, okay? However, instead of taking the practice exams, you should go into the study mode option, Okay. I'm writing it down. The, the, uh, uh, yeah, hamstudy.org. Okay, and when you get the page up, look down to the, I don't know, middle of the page on the, on the right-hand side. It'll say study mode. Click on that. All right. Now, a question will come up, okay, and it has four possible answers. And if you know the answer, you answer it. If you don't know the answer, you can try. Or if you really, really, really want to get a narrative explanation on the question box in the top right corner. There's a little fidget up there. You click on it, okay, and you get a narrative answer with the actual answer in there. All right, and as my friend Joe over there says, you go through this, okay, you want to be at least 85% or greater, okay, now, I don't know if Brooklyn is back doing in-person exams or not. I did an in-person exam for field day, but I have 257 remote test sessions that we, we do on the weekend, okay? And you, you can tell the individuals that have been taking just practice tests versus going through the study mode, all right? The new books, as Joe says, okay, are available as of July 1st. They are at the ARRL, and I believe Ham Radio Outlet in oh, you, you're, uh, Delaware for you, okay, uh, would probably have them. Uh, you want the spiral bound book, okay? And in the back, there is the full question pool, okay? And if you attempt to get it, uh, uh, answer a question, and you look at the question number up there, it, it has, in parentheses, the appropriate answer. I have, I have already printed all of the questions. 
all okay. the push and pull. The new- I, I, I do that. I, I, I just didn't have time to mention it. I do this usually on the weekends. I printed printed them all out. I have I I'm, I have been going through them. All right. So you're talking about the pool? wait a minute. You're talking about for the technician. You're talking about the one. Okay. If you go to ncbec.org and look on the right hand side, you're looking for the technician question pool from 2022 to 2026. Okay. That is the new pool, and as as Joe says, they've reduced it from 425 plus or minus down to somewhere between 319 and 413 or whatever. I don't know. I was talking with Maria at ARRL, and she goes, oh, we didn't really change that many. <laughs> yeah, right. It's 319, 399 questions that are current. Yeah, so, so that is my suggestion. Uh, if you really want to learn things, okay, if you go to youtube.com forward slash W4EEY, they are using the current technician book. But I can tell you this right now, Jero. The information doesn't change, okay? Only the questions that they would be asking you. So if you learned things, you know, how, how, how a transistor works or how, how, what a capacitor does or this, that, and the other, they explain everything, okay? And th- they go through the current question pool as of July 30th. But as you say, you have the question pool, so you can actually go and try and, and, and answer those questions after you watch the video. There's something like uh, eight videos, I think, with, with, with a, um, a review. Uh, chapter four is where the map is. You go to Wally World. Okay, go into their school section there, get a calculator, Texas Instrument TI-36X Pro. Okay, uh, because figuring figuring out questions and stuff, it's, it's more or less box of a box rather than doing trigonometry and all that other stuff. It, it, it more or less keeps everything, you know, on an even keel. Hey, yeah. Bill, and one thing we're... that you can do here, Thank you. There, there's a way you can cheat this. And oh, no, really no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a testing, it's a test taking method that really works, particularly with these ARRL tests. You've got four answers. Two of those answers are so bogus that you can spot them. So if you don't know the answers, look for the two that don't make any sense and throw those out, that leaves you with two. So you got a 50-50 shot. If you have to guess, go with the one that your gut tells you. And that will generally, you know, get you through the hard questions. If you're looking for an an exam site, if you go to the hamstudy.org in the upper right, click on uh, testing, uh, it'll list all the different types testing uh locations some of them are in person but some of them are online as well so it depends and some of them are 15 dollars. some of them are 14 some of them are i think are 10 and some of them are nothing just depends on which volunteer examiner coordinator is uh doing doing the testing for that test session JM, it sounds you. like you're on your way. You're, uh, I think you're doing the right thing there. You're, you're uh, serious about it, and uh, it's great that you got out to uh, field day. And um, 
Thank you for the feedback and yeah. help. Yeah, hey, we're so glad you're with us tonight again. I think last week was your first night to join us. Hope you keep coming back. Hey, just real quick, guys. We just got a couple minutes. Actually, uh, we're signing off shortwave now. Uh, good night to everybody on uh, WBCQ on uh, International Shortwave on 7490. We uh, enjoyed having you. Thank you. Uh, hey, real quick, Bill, you want to tell us? You, Bill sent me a couple pictures, I think, of his field day. Bill, tell us real quick here what we've yeah, got okay. here. Here's, a, yep. here's one of your pictures. Okay, so this is the North Shore Amateur Radio Association, or NSRA. Uh, it is in Peabody slash Danvers, Massachusetts. The current site that you see there is the Topsfield Fair grounds where they actually hold the Topsfield Fair and everything else. But we had a little section over on the back there. All right. They are currently uh, pulling up the tower that they had a tri-bander on um, for 10, 15, and 20 mm -hmm. meters. Um, okay. Now, th this is after dark. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I... Spent maybe twenty minutes there. It was the the mosquitoes were un, unreal, so really? I didn't stay too long. Uh, but uh, the one on the right is the uh, sideband station, and the one on the left is, I believe, FT eight. So uh, we were using N1 Mickey Mouse uh, for logging software. Okay. Uh, do you have the test session there? Yeah, it's oh, wait a minute. No, it's all right, up. no, all right. So this is. This is what it was like during the day when they were setting things up. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, they they still had two more tents to put up after this. Okay. Um, yeah. the, I believe they were using 10 and 15 there. All right. Now, on Saturday morning, okay, I volunteered to run a test session for the people that normally ran it because they were doing something down on Cape Cod or a road race or something. All right. I was told I had... Two candidates. Well, if you look in the picture, I have six. All right. <laughs> and if you look uh, on the right-hand side, you'll see a gentleman with a blue shirt. Okay. And next to him is a young girl, eight years old. Good heavens. She got 35 out of 35. <laughs> wow. Okay. And sitting next to her, a little bit further over uh, behind, uh, just above the chair, you can see the mother, all right? She took hers and she passed. So I had five technicians and the gentleman in blue upgraded to uh, general class. In fact, he only got his technician license um, from the ARRL on the 22nd of June. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, but we, we, submitted, we submitted the results um, uh, electronically and hopefully they'll be uh, on the air soon. All right, guys, we need to uh, call it quits for tonight. We've had a, a, a jam-packed uh, uh, night with all the field uh, day stuff in here. And uh, I want to thank everybody for sticking with us tonight and joining us. And um, we'll see you next week. Uh, Got to get Glenn in here with his cat. Let me put Glenn in here with his cat real quick. Oh, the cat's go. already here gone go. to here sleep, man. <laughs> so you're saying I can ask this cat. No, he he but Jairo, just keep question. at it. And please come back and let us know how you're doing. And if there's anything that we can do to help, please come back and let us know. But we're all wanting to see you get it and get you on the air.
Hey, Glenn, did you bring the, the cats to the Huntsville Field Day site? No. Uh, on the way home Saturday, I was so worn out, we just went straight to the hotel and collapsed. And uh, they bounced from bed to bed all night, and I fell asleep like about 8.30. That's what uh, happens when your children don't know enough to go to bed. It's Disney World. <laughs> that, that You get them in this show hotel with two double beds, and they are literally jumping from bed to bed all night long. So by the time they get to the show, they're, they're going to sleep all day. And... Uh, but no, they had a, a good show. The the three years of not showing really, you know, showed how much rust they had. They were not real comfortable on Saturday, and then Sunday they really settled out and started showing off really good. But uh, it was it was fun. You know, it was it was a good trip for them. They needed the the run. That was their last show, so they won't be going to any more cat shows. You know, and you know, I say they won't be, but there's always a cat show that begs for extra entries, and you know, we may drag them out to one of those. Vegas. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to get two uh, two beds in a room that they can just have a playroom where they. <laughs> oh, you yeah. mean a suite? Get yeah. a suite. <laughs> yeah, just get a suite and give them the other room. 